Hello, welcome to episode 33 of the Phillies Focus Pod. After winning game two 10 to nothing, the Phillies take a commanding 2 to nothing lead over the Arizona Diamondbacks in the NLCS. So without any further ado, let's get this show started. <laughs> was asked their favorite superheroes. You said Scooby-Doo. I, I didn't realize Scooby-Doo was a superhero. Can you kind of explain his superhero lore? I mean, well, first off, he's a dog, right? And he can talk. That's fair enough. Okay. Watch out, Arizona. It's going to get hot in our desert. This is our desert, and it's burning up, baby. Uh, I don't even... I don't even know what to say anymore. This whole thing feels <clears throat> so surreal. The, I mean, is we're we're really getting into historic territory at this point. I mean, it's been such an incredible run when you when you think back to last year and what they were able to do. I mean, it was so kind of unexpected and ignited by that um, top of the ninth in St. Louis in Game One in the Wild Card series, and then they just seemed to never look back until. Uh, I guess game four of the World Series, the the unfortunate one. Um, but that was so unexpected that it was hard to keep up, and it felt so magical. But this um, this year so far is just on a another level. It's almost in a tier of its own with the uh, the dominance that the Phillies are uh, are playing with. I I did expect them to play really well this October and to uh, put themselves in such a good position to succeed with uh, the roster moves and everything that um, Dombrowski was able to do to the uh, the bullpen and obviously Trey Turner and the the uh, the strength of this lineup. But um, I don't think anyone, I don't think it, in the wildest dreams, none, none of us expected what's going on so far. Um, like I said, just historic territory. How, how about Aaron Nola, what he's been able to do since, you know, it feels like so long ago, just about, really just about a month ago, just a little more than a month ago, there were legitimate concerns about Nola uh, being our number two pitcher, given the uh, the up and down season that he had in 23 and um, just his inability to put together any string of consistent success. Um, in mid-September, there were some shaky starts to where Things weren't um, looking very auspicious in terms of uh, and being able to put it together on the highest stage against the the uh, the best hitters in the game. But um, man, has he he quieted all of that for some time now? I mean, I think really started to come together. I think in Atlanta that that final series we had against uh, Atlanta in Atlanta, where we um, the week after we dropped uh, three out of four at home. Went in there, took the series two out of three, and it was the the rubber match. It was a Wednesday afternoon game, the the game that ultimately uh, Castellanos had the outfield assist to force extra innings when Bryson Stott had the uh, the two out bases loaded uh, base hit to, to get them to the victory. Nola pitched really well that day. I think he I think he went six innings, two runs, um, but it was a really quality start. Um, and then followed that up with the for the second straight year the clinching game against Pitch, Pittsburgh where I'm not even sure if he allowed a run that night. Excuse me. Um, 
and has just not looked back whatsoever. I mean, um, he was incredible against Miami in the clinching wild card game, game two, and uh, just really good against Atlanta in game two as well, um, going against Max, Fr- or no, that would have been game three. Yeah, because it was Suarez game one, Wheeler game two. So in game three against Atlanta, uh, the game we broke wide open, he uh, he was phenomenal in that game as well. And then really just uh, one of his best games of his career uh, against Arizona in game two with giving up uh, zero runs, um, just had full command of that game. It's been It's been incredible to see what he's been able to do uh, to implement holding the runners on base, you know, he's, he's always had that high leg kick and is one of the biggest storylines of the season aside from, uh, he gave up, uh, the most home runs of his career. That was a big talking point, but really his struggles out of the stretch as opposed to, um, the windup and just seemed very overly conscious about runners on base and he'd end up hanging his, uh, his knuckle curve and, I mean, how many times did we see the blow-up inning this year in the regular season, um, especially once he'd be rolling with nobody on base, but just, just a single base runner on could really derail his concentration. Um, but the implementation of uh, him, um, <clears throat> you know, the minimizing the leg kick and uh, just holding that runner on, I mean... For the second straight game, Corbin Carroll was able to get on base um, due to another Trey Turner error, which hopefully uh, we just keep um, persevering through that, not letting it become an issue. But yeah, another Trey Turner error to start start the game, putting, uh, I think, Carroll is measured as the fastest player in baseball right now and um, had 54 stolen bases this year. So he got on to start the game and it was looking... You know, second straight game, a little worrisome uh, Diamond Max to pick up momentum in the first, but Nola was, he, he just stayed on first the whole inning, uh, Carol, that is. Nola, um, you know, the sidekick uh, was really, sidestep, I should say. The sidestep was really uh, coming to fruition. He hasn't used it since 2017. He never felt comfortable out of the sidestep, and... um he felt like his stuff lost uh, velocity, rotation. But the uh, in the Phillies, Phillies bullpen, they're able to measure that uh, the rotation and the velocity. And they said that like he wasn't losing anything. So they, back in mid-August, as this incredible Phillies coaching staff was starting to prepare for the uh, the bigger innings in um, in down the stretch in September and ultimately October. They started tinkering with uh, finer details of really the whole team with with base running and pickoffs and um, defensive alignments. Um, it's been really incredible. But one of those things was starting to try to prepare Nola for um, for the running game against him once men got on in the playoffs, and they started to uh, to implore him to bring to tr- start trying out at least the sidestep and. Um, and see if he can gain some comfortability with it on the mound. And he was reluctant at first, but he was willing to give it a try. And a few times in August, tried it out with good results, uh, some more in September. And we've really been uh, seeing him 
utilize that with great effectiveness in uh, in these October games here, starting with Miami, um, a little bit against Atlanta, and and was really on show there, particularly in that first inning against Arizona uh, in Game Two. So, just really minimizes the time uh, to the plate, the time that. Uh, the base runner has to uh, gain that lead and get that jump um, in which they're really not even testing it out. He's coming so quick to home plate. So it's been such a another good development for Aaron Nola uh, here. He is, uh, he's been a little bit stubborn in his, in his ways throughout his career in Philadelphia with um, being comfortable in the way that he does things and not wanting to step outside that comfort zone. But he really, uh, set his will aside uh, at the end of the year here due to his struggles and um, hats off to him. His uh, his ability to set that aside and for the greater good. Um, time will tell what's going to happen with Nola, but um, I think that is more of a... Uh, more of a possibility of him coming back uh, on this Phillies team now that he's been able to show a willingness to listen to coaches and um, kind of alter his game, uh, like I said, for the betterment of the team. So I hope I hope uh, we we're able to bring him back. Time will tell. But um, for now, just enjoying this ride. Like I said, he's 3-0 and now, 0.96 ERA in this postseason run. It's incredible. 19 strikeouts, just two walks. Um <clears throat> Just absolutely incredible. The Philly starters starting pitching so far on this playoff run. This is just like, it's absurd. They have 51 strikeouts to four walks. That would be Wheeler, Nola, and Suarez combined. 51 strikeouts to just four walks. It's just like, it's it's on another level right now. It's just, it's on another level uh, to a degree in which I, I've never seen before. Um you know, time's gonna tell if this if this uh if they're able to kind of ride this out, get back to the World Series, and hopefully bring it home this year. Right, the uh the loss from last year. This is going to be one of the greatest postseason runs of all time, and if they're able to keep it up, this could potentially be the the greatest ever. I mean, in the first eight games, they're only behind the nineteen eighty three. World Series champion Orioles um, in ERA through an eight-game stretch in the playoffs. The Orioles had a 1.23. Phillies are slightly behind them so far. They have a 1.39 whole team, not just starters. That's including the bullpen. 1.39 ERA uh, through these first eight games. It's just like, you know, and it's like pick your poison. The, The offense is on their whole own separate trajectory historic territory and then you have the pitching doing what they're doing it's just like a juggernaut uh, in in every sense of the term um just so many numbers that jump off the charts the phillies have led or tied in um in 70 of their 72 innings so far 70 out of the 72 innings they've either been leading or tied a la not trailing um, you know, it's so few, the five at-bats they've trailed so far in these eight games, five at-bats they've trailed. That was the, uh, top of the nine game two loss. Um, all three of those again in Atlanta in which 
you know, Cassianos nearly tied the game or nearly gave them the lead a couple more feet on that ball, and it's out. Then there was game three. They went down um, one to nothing against Bryce Elder. Um, that lasted a whole one at bat when Cassianos came out the next inning and tied it, uh, and they never looked back, ended up scoring six that inning. And then there was game four against Spencer Strider, where Austin Riley gave them the one to nothing lead with the really kind of lazy uh, home run to left field, which just literally hit the top of the wall and bounced over. Um, JT led off the next inning with the three pitch strikeout on Strider, and then uh, and then Cassianos came up and tied the game again, and uh, I think it was the next inning or the inning after where Trey Turner gave them the lead, and that was that. Um, and that's it. Those are the entire at-bats in which the Phillies trailed this postseason. I mean, it's it was to that degree where um, when they went down one nothing to Strider and Real Muto struck out really badly on three, cons- whiffed on three consecutive pitches and ended up uh, striking out on a ball that was um, literally at his eye level. Um, you could arguably say that was the low point so far of uh, of these playoffs, the moat, because that uh, that game too, you know, you go down in the eighth and, you know, you don't have much time to rally back. Kind of was what it was. But, um, yeah, that one at bat when Real Muto was looking rough is really the most uh, momentum shift where you thought, oh, well, we might be in a little bit of trouble here. And, bam, Cassianos ties it up right afterwards. Um, really incredible that... You know, we were trailing for a whole one at bat, and it was it was uncomfortable at that. I mean, it really just speaks to the dominance that this run has uh has been so far. Um, just can't can't say enough about it. Um, yeah, yeah, the Phillies they're they're outscoring opponents so in the eight games forty six to thirteen. Um, those thirteen runs allowed in an eight game span is the fewest ever in a uh, a postseason eight-game stretch for any team in MLB history. Uh, you know, to score 46 is good enough to give up 13. It's like, um, as enthralled as I am with this offense and what they're doing, I I lean more towards the pitching and everything that they've accomplished. I mean, yeah, you have... Uh, you the majority of our relievers have yet to allow a run um, in this postseason. You look up and down at 0.00 ERA. Um, you know, you have that one <clears throat> Hoffman pitch that got crushed by Riley that was ultimately the game winner. Um, other than that, they've been pretty much flawless in their ability to keep runs off the board. You, Aside from that one home run that Hoffman gave up, there was just that... Um, Top of the ninth, game two against Miami, Phillies were up seven nothing, and and Soto gave up uh, a run in that top of the ninth that was kind of like you almost don't even count that, you know, uh, given the uh, that point in the game, um, you know, the Riley home run, the Darno home run on Wheeler, and then um, the Suarez uh, ho- uh, when Suarez gave up the home run to Riley in game four. Um, aside from that, I mean, really, you know, you take out Soto's, uh, run that he, that he allowed Miami to score. And then, um, 
that Zach Wheeler uh, Perdomo home run in game one against Arizona was kind of one that you want back as well. But I mean, it's at the point you can you can look back at the runs they've given up and you know, it's so few that you can put a microscope on it and say, well, you know, that arguably shouldn't have happened and that arguably shouldn't have happened and it would just, you know, add on to these already in incredible numbers. And then in terms of how good the Phillies offense has been playing, they've they've left so much on the board. There's been, when you think of game two in Atlanta and all of the runs that they left on the board that night, they, um, when you think of... Uh, you know, it, it, we just won 10 to nothing in game two against Arizona. And earlier on in the game, we we left a lot of men on base and we were only scoring via the, the home run ball. Um, same thing in game one, you know, we, we won five to three. That, um, that arguably should not have been as close as it was. And uh, and then ultimately we, we left runners on base then too. Um, Harper... Uh, uh, looked like he was going to have another home run early on in uh, in game two against Arizona. Like I said, the Cassianos one that Michael Harris caught and doubled up Harper to end, end the game in game two. Um, I feel like uh, there were some other, you know, close to being home run balls for the Phillies. So it's like 46 to 13, you could make an argument that it, it should probably be like, you know, 53 to, to nine, really, uh, as far as, you know, um, what should have happened in given moments, you know, they're as great as they're playing. You could say they're not playing to the best of their capability. I guess is what I'm getting at. Um, it's absolutely incredible. I don't even know how to put words to it anymore. So, just kind of hope it keeps going at this point. As far as Arizona is concerned, I don't, um, you know, I don't want to get too uh, too ahead of myself. But like, yeah, it's it's really hard to envision a world in which the Diamondbacks uh, not only even win this series, but even make it a series at this point, given um, the fact they just they just put their two best pitchers on the mound, two of the better pitches in pitchers in the National League. Um, and we were able to handle both of them. I mean, they both pitch fairly well. Zach Gallen, I guess, a little less than Kelly, but, um, you know, Kelly gave up the home runs, but that was about it. Other than that, he was handling the lineup pretty well. But um, it really just drops off a cliff for Arizona after those uh, those two pitchers. So, um it's just really hard to envision it coming back to Philly, really, at this point. Um, maybe the Diamondbacks, you know, you can definitely see them getting a game on their home field, potentially. But like I said, given the pitching matchups, not going to lie, even that would surprise me at this point, um, you know, considering the way that this team is playing. Um, you know, I, I really think uh, I think it's going to be a sweep at this point. Um you know, we got a rookie, uh, they got a rookie going in game three, uh, probably bullpen game in game four. But the trouble there is that they're probably going to um, get their, get into their bullpen rather early in game three. Game four turns around and it's just 24 hours later. And, uh, excuse me, and, uh, you know, to run a, a bullpen game, essentially back-to-back bullpen games depending on how game three goes 
Um, you know, does not sound like a recipe for success right now, particularly against a team that is playing um, as dominant as the Phillies are playing right now. So, um, yeah, so one other side note with the statistics, Bryce Harper is now third all-time in MLB postseason slugging slash OPS, like slugging and OPS. He is now third all-time in uh, postseason history behind Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. Um, you know, that's, that's decent company to uh, to find yourself in. Um, but, yeah, game two, I it, it just got really fun there. Once you uh, Once they broke it open in that sixth inning, the way that they did and uh, got that breathing room ultimately with uh, Real Muto hitting another another big two run double. I mean he um he's putting himself up there with uh with Harper, Cassianos, and Turner in terms of these uh his numbers in the postseason. His OPS now is just under a thousand. He just seems to have had a a lot of big uh two run doubles. That's that's at least the second one. I think there's three. Uh, to run double hits now for JT in this playoff run in, in pivotal moments to give the teams, um, to give the Phillies, that is, needed separation to kind of uh, give give that breathing room. Um, so he's playing really well. And then once that ball, I think it was, Bohm ended up uh, in the next inning having a, a big double, which was really nice to see. Hopefully that can get him going a little bit. He's had some some bad luck so far in the series against Arizona. He's been hitting the ball well, just hasn't uh, found some holes. So it was nice to see him break through, get a big double. And then Bryson Stott hit a, a sky-high infield pop-up right uh, right down the third base line that um, no one called. Um, catcher, pitcher, and uh, Longoria at third base, nobody called it, and it just dropped in there. And at that point, it became... Um, it became a laughing fe- uh, fest in terms of the rest of the game. It just got really comfortable. And even to the point Jake Cave, there was a Jake Cave sighting. And um, I just could not stop laughing. He, he hit that ball, crushed that ball into the uh, the left center field gap and tried to stretch it for three. And God bless him. He gave it everything he had, and he, he started stumbling in between second and third and um, just didn't make it all the way and just crashed right into third base and uh, was called out, But which he was actually safe, by the way. If you see on that replay, he uh, the <clears throat> third baseman did not get the tag on him. So he, he actually did end up getting to third base safely, although it was not called, but... Um, yeah, you you could really tell he wanted that moment so bad. He wanted uh he wanted that triple in the NLCS to add to his resume, and he just uh I feel like his his brain was working way faster than his legs as he was rounding second base. So that was pretty comical at that point. Um, yeah, any time in the in postseason runs where you can get a game where all tension is alleviated, you know, they were able to get Sosa and Stubbs and, um, like I said, Cave in there, um, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty rare that you're able to play, I mean, even that Braves game in, in game three, um, you know, you, you weren't counting the Braves out from making, a, <clears throat> a few runs there, so it wasn't until, I think, the top of the ninth that you started feeling like that one was locked up, so, 
you know, the Phillies, uh, the Phillies have had these games on runs before, and I think 2009, they won game three versus the Dodgers with, um, Cliff Lee on the mound, they won 11 nothing. um, they had the Joe Blanton home run game against the Rays in 08, uh, where they broke that one open, um, so it was nice to have a, a comfortable victory, kind of alleviate that tension a little bit, um, yeah, like I said, early game, game three, five o'clock Eastern, two o'clock uh, local time in Arizona. I just, it's really hard to wrap my head around how you can be in the NLCS and have a two o'clock game on a, on a weekday, on a Thursday. Um, just can't understand that, but hey, uh, it's what it is. So it'll be five o'clock local, earlier game than we've been used to so far, um, this playoff run. And um uh, <clears throat> Yeah, got Suarez back on the mound, try to build on what he's been doing. I mean, he's just been incredible. And you got to think that there's going to be more of a, um, or less of a short leash, I should say, on him compared to, uh, you know, games one and four against Atlanta uh, for Suarez. Um, So, yeah, expect him to get a little bit deeper into the game. Um, given if his stuff is, is rolling the way it is, um, you know, you don't know with Arizona and maybe getting back home and, uh, you know, they were unbeaten in the playoffs until, um, until they ran into the Phillies. So don't count out their offense as much as I do. I, like I, I, I've, I've confidence the Phillies are going to continue to score runs now against that pitching staff. But I'm not uh, overly confident that we're going to continue to hold them um, to very few runs. So not sure what to expect tomorrow. Hopefully we get the Ranger we've come to know and love in the playoffs. And hopefully we take that um, that all but, you know, assured uh, series victory, game three uh, victory. If we if we win game three, this thing is all but wrapped up. Um as it already kind of feels like it is, but we'll see. We'll see how it uh, pans out. Um, yeah, should be seeing the same lineup from the Phillies that we've seen uh, against right-handed pitching for this playoff run. Um, I'm just kind of looking. I'm looking at Alec Bohm now to uh, to start joining this offensive barrage. Like I said, had a had a nice double. Has had some nice at bats against Arizona uh, after a series against Atlanta where he's not looking, um, not looking very strong at all. Um, so hopefully he can get on the board. He's the only uh, of the top eight Phillies hitters. He's the only one not to homer so far this postseason. So that'd be cool to get him in on that party. Um, yeah, other than that, we brought in Kirkering in the eighth inning. Um, when the game was already locked up in game two. I'm really looking at, uh, would love to see him in higher leverage situations the way that he was used in um, in game one in Atlanta. Um, I think he was brought in the, into the seventh inning of a tight ball game and looked, uh, I think he had like, it was either seven or nine pitches uh, for those three outs. So would love to see him be utilized more in higher leverage situations. I don't see any reason to be trepidatious at this point if you're Rob Thompson based on what you've seen from him. Um, yeah, that's about it in terms of, you know, things I'm looking for positively that um, I guess very minor complaints, you know. There's really not 
a whole lot to fret about right now. Um, looking around, the uh, the Astros were able to win their first game of the series against Texas. Um, move that to uh, two to one in favor of Texas. Every every road ge- uh, team has won so far in that series. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting. That could potentially go the distance. Um, so the Phillies might be sitting. If we do make it to the World Series, they could potentially be sitting on much more rest than the team that they'll be facing, which, um, you know, if all goes the way that we're all hoping, that could be just even sweeter to uh, rub that in the Braves <clears throat> fans' face, Braves team's face in terms of excuses they made about a, a whole five-day layoff before they played, um, you know. That's just something in the back of my mind in terms of if the Phillies are able to pull this out, just another trump card that they're able to use on any potential excuses. But, um, yeah, so Houston uh, looking to tie it up tomorrow night as well. Um, Phillies looking to take that commanding 3-0 lead, like I said. So I think uh, think that'll do it for this episode of Phillies Focus Pod. Be back soon. probably after game four, regardless of how it goes, uh, to check back in. And hopefully uh, we'll be talking about another second straight World Series burst, second straight National League pennant. Uh, So as always, thank you so much for listening. I will be back soon. And um, yeah, let's go uh, Ranger in game game three. Hopefully um, get get to them early again and... uh, yeah, get to that bullpen early so that we're uh, looking good heading into game four. Um, so, yeah, that'll do it. I will talk to you all soon, and go Phillies. Keep it going.